the Capgemini and FMOI Report World Fintech Report 2021 highlights how fintechs demonstrated resilience during COVID-19. With some verticals recording double-digit growth and fintechs beginning to mature, there is ample pressure on incumbent banks to embrace digitalization far deeper and with more commitment than ever before. During this period, fintechs proved themselves to be not only competent competitors, but also partners. Banks have the edge over fintechs when it comes to reach and trust. However, to remain relevant, they must overcome their weaknesses, in particular, addressing issues with legacy IT and delivering a better customer experience. So how exactly can fintechs and incumbents work together, not just for the benefit of the partners, but for customers and the economy as well, is the subject of this podcast for future CIO. Joining us today is Mr. Sandeep Bagaria, Chief Executive Officer for Tagit, to share his insights and experience working with incumbents in Asia. Sandeep, welcome to Ponchats for Future CIO. Thank you, Alan. Delighted to be here. Can you describe for us the state of business of the financial services marketplace in Asia today? Yes, I think the financial services landscape is at a very interesting point right now where you have a lot of large banks, financial service institutions and fintechs sort of defining their businesses and digital strategies post-COVID. If you look at it, a lot of banks have actually evolved out of the COVID situation with strong balance sheets and they're expecting future growth as the economies recover from COVID. At the same time, a number of fintechs have set up new banks to address niche requirements in this space. So where is by credit, lending, SME lending and you're seeing more and more central banks also awarding digital licenses in the industry. So overall, you're seeing the space expand. And at the same time, you're seeing a number of banks and fintechs partner with each other to rapidly offer new services. All of this is being driven by consumer behavior, where consumers are demanding more and more convenience through digital services. They prefer digital payments versus cash at physical outlets. And obviously, with the growth of e-commerce, you know there are multiple wallet options for consumers to pay. So there's a big push and fight for that consumer dollar, which is really pushing the industry forward. And I think it's a very interesting time for us to be in this space. Now, for some organizations like DBS banks, for example, and to a certain degree, the regulatory environments, they've been calling for financial institutions to be more responsive to the disruptions occurring before and even now during the COVID-19 pandemic. Are they sufficiently more responsive today than compared to, say, a couple of years back? So I think COVID has definitely accelerated the digitalization process. If I look over the last decades, the FSI industry has been responding to the digital needs of the consumers. If you see 10 years ago, a lot of banks were having digital as part of their innovation bucket, where they would build a mobile app, they would offer some digital solution. But over the last decade, a lot of this has actually moved from the innovation bucket to mission critical buckets. And hence, now you see right from the CEO of a bank all the way down, everybody is very, very much focused on how they offer digital banking services. Now, this has led to banks having to transform how they run internally within the bank, whether it is by way of training their own staff to become more digitally savvy, and also what kind of services that they can offer to different customers. You mentioned DBS. So DBS today offers a Payla wallet, which is a payments app in Singapore, but they also have to contend with Grab, which is also offering a Grab wallet for multiple payment options. Similarly, you have things like Paytm in India, which a large part of the population is using for payments. And a lot of the large banks like Access and others are offering Access Pay and their own payment solutions. So banks have been transforming over the years and they're becoming more and more responsive as the time has gone on. Why are some FSIs opting to partner and some preferring to do it themselves, go it alone? And how do traditional FSIs finance these projects? 
I think it's been quite interesting. There's been a mindset shift both at the banks and at the fintechs. Again, if you look back maybe five, six years, it was all about how fintechs will disrupt the banks. And in the recent years, the mantra has been how fintechs can collaborate with the banks. So you're seeing more and more banks realize that, look, they don't necessarily have to always compete with fintechs. They can partner with a number of these fintechs to offer new services to customers. And in some cases, banks are also looking to build things internally. So let me share with you some examples in what is causing this push, right? During COVID, one of large Australian bank, which originally had a plan to maybe have 20% of their workforce work from home in three years, suddenly had to get 90% of their workforce out in three weeks. Now, this has really led to banks realizing how technology can be leveraged to run their institutions. Number two, consumers are demanding more and more services digitally. And more and more customers are asking for these services whether it is digital onboarding, where they don't necessarily want to go to a branch to open an account, but they want to be able to do it digitally. And they're asking banks to be able to provide these services. And finally, there's been a big change in the regulatory landscape, where over the last many years, regulators have also come up with a set of frameworks which allow banks, fintechs to coexist. You can do a lot of transactions online, and there's a proper regulatory framework under which you can do it. And at the same time, the regulatory framework is also encouraging new banks to be set up to address specific requirements in the region. So with all of these different things happening, banks are finding that one of the best ways and one of the fastest ways they can go to market is actually partnering with these fintechs. Now to your second question in terms of how are they financing these uh, projects? So a few interesting things are happening over here. One, of course, banks realize the need and the demand of fintechs or financial services to be offered in digital services. Uh, they are allocating more meaningful budgets, whereas they would do previously for their physical expansion. Second, if you look at technology itself, technology innovation has really driven down cost. So previously, where you would have to invest in a huge amount of infrastructure to be able to deploy a new service. Today, you can go to cloud providers and get on-demand hosting, or there are number of national digital initiatives like QR payments or eKYC providers that you can leverage to offer new services to customers. And this allows banks to basically offer new services at a much lower cost. And finally, most fintech players, including ourselves, offer a lot of these services on a SaaS model, where a lot of these services are charged on an OPEX basis based on usage. So banks are also very comfortable that as their business grows and as more and more consumers use these digital services, they are paying more for these digital services. This allows the banks and the fintechs to be truly in a partnership where when the banks are successful, correspondingly, the fintechs are also successful and they can grow with them. How does a fintech work with a traditional FSI if the goal is to launch a new product without necessarily disrupting the FSI's own internal modernization effort? So they can occur simultaneously. And I think the first thing most bankers are looking at is that the architecture of the future is going to be very different from the architecture of the past. If you look at it historically, banks have been quite guarded. They've got a lot of firewalls, a lot of security around their systems, and they would not want to open up these systems to anybody from outside and understandably so. But if you look at as we move forward, a lot of this infrastructure has been converted into a digital infrastructure, which is allowing banks to expose their services or consume services from a third party to offer these new products. Now, a lot of this innovation is actually happening at the edge versus the core systems of the bank. So what banks are doing is they're taking their legacy systems, their host systems, they're not disturbing them, but they are exposing them in a secure manner so that they can work with different fintech providers. Now, the way they work with the different fintech providers could vary. As an example, if you're looking to digitize your channels, you could work with a company like us to digitize your mobile and internet banking channels and integrate to your host systems. 
Now, at the same time, if you want to offer a new service like digital onboarding, where you have to do EKYC of the customer and you had to integrate, say, in Singapore with a MyInfo, in India with an Aadhaar card or in with various uh, EKYC vendors in the region, during the onboarding process, most of these vendors are providing the solutions on a cloud. You can leverage those systems. You can then do the EKYC and at the end, open an account in your host system. And what is happening is that the regulatory infrastructure is allowing banks to be able to use some of these cloud service providers or cloud-based fintechs for some of these point solutions. So this is how banks and fintechs are partnering together. And you're seeing more and more such examples, say in the case of wallets or other payment options that banks are looking to do. And what banks are really focusing on is what can I deploy at the fastest pace and will have maximum impact for my customer? So all the innovations are being done, keeping the customer in mind without having to really wait for multi-year core or host transformations, which can be quite difficult for banks to do. If you were to draw from your experience working with incumbents, what lessons can you draw that would help mitigate against the risk of failures because uh, there are people who are unwilling to work with these uh, technically strangers, these new guys being brought in, <laughs> or, or even unwilling to change just the way they do things? I think uh, you hit the nail on the head. The first thing, there has to be an internal mindset shift in the bank itself. If you look at historically, banks have been looking to either build or buy technology. And they look at building everything internally. They want strong ownership of that technology. That mindset has to shift that you can partner with fintechs as a core strategy. And there are some things which are driving this. The technology landscape is evolving very quickly. And it is not going to be viable for a bank to be able to hire talent and be able to deploy talent for new technologies like blockchain, Angular, AI. There are so many new technologies which are coming out. So first, there has to be an internal mindset that yes, they have to partner with a fintech provider. And there are a lot of credible fintech providers out there. The second is the fintechs are not there to disrupt the banks. The fintechs are there to collaborate with the banks to offer these services. Now, one of the things I do talk to the banks about is you must first look at what your customer experience is going to be like. What is the problem that you're trying to solve? For example, are you trying to do deposit mobilization? Are you trying to get grow your asset book? What are the things that you're trying to grow? And look at those customer journeys and think about how you're going to simplify those customer journeys and then partner with the right fintech. I can tell you a lot of banks, for example, have partnered with some fintechs for, say, PFM. Now, unless you really embed that into your customer journey, what you end up doing is showing a set of graphs and charts on the dashboard when somebody logs into the internet banking. And it's something which is not really meaningful to the end consumer. So for us, we always advise the banks, please focus on the customer journey, the user experience, what is it that you're trying to simplify for the customer, and then incorporate any of these technology capabilities. My final advice would be you have to work with fintechs which have proven capabilities to scale securely. Banks are often surprised how fast a new service can be adopted and how fast it can grow. If your partner does not have the ability to scale rapidly in a secure manner, because at the end of the day, banking is all about trust, then you will fail. So you must be able to choose the right partners to grow with as you go forward, while at the same time being ready that fintech, there will be a lot of innovation, there might be some failures. And banks must be willing to do that. Banks by nature are very risk averse, and they need to be a little bit more risk taking in nature as they offer these solutions. But on balance, they need to make sure that it is all done securely and in a trust manner that the consumers can be confident in continuing to do business with them. In a fintech slash incumbent partnership, which parts of the organization need to work together and who should lead the, the engagement or the process of uh, integrating whatever this fintech, whatever technology the fintech has to offer to the incumbent? 
I think that's a very important question. In our experience, the business side, that means the head of retail, the head of cards or the head of corporate banking has to work closely with the CIO to offer these solutions. Because otherwise what happens is that if it is all put, for example, in one bucket or the other, it is not going to work. If a bank says it is only the IT team, which is going to look at fintechs and technology partners, it will not be successful because at the end of the day, it is not about a technology solution. It is about driving a business need. At the same time, if it is just the business side, which says that, look, I want to work with partners a b or c well banks need to be able to integrate those technology solutions into the existing architecture they need to keep into view the broader banking systems that they're running along with this fintech partnership that they have so i would say both the business side and the it side have to jointly collaborate and work with the fintech partners sandeep thank you for joining us on podcasts for future cio my pleasure Alan. that was sandeep begaria chief executive officer tagit on a working roadmap to startup incumbent collaboration. You are listening into Podchats for Future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for our weekly free newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CIO. Bye for now.